Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Far Out. My name is Megan, and it's just going to be me today. Sydney is on her way, or by the time some of you guys listen to this, she will be in Hawaii. So this is the first episode of my solo series, and I'm pretty stoked about it. I really do think that when I'm talking to myself, my personality comes out a little bit more. <laughs> and so I've been pretty serious on the last couple episodes. And so this one, I think I'm going to kind of let my... Uh, my vibrance shine a little bit more. <laughs> so per usual, we always start off every episode with something good. My something good is this Friday, I'm actually going to be headed to Red Rocks in Colorado to watch Lewis the Child live. And that's definitely been a bucket list item for me. I just have heard so many incredible things about Red Rocks. So that is something I'm super stoked. That's my something good. So yesterday I posted an Instagram story asking if you guys had any questions or topics that you guys wanted me to cover. And I got a lot of really great feedback. So if you respond to that, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, And so I'm just going to kind of just jump right into it. So I have this first question from somebody and they asked what 2020 taught you. And honestly, this is kind of a dense question because 2020 was a tough year for me. Um, not in the sense of COVID. I mean, everyone associates 2020 with COVID. We know this, the quarantine, all that stuff. But honestly, quarantine, I honestly pretty much enjoyed quarantine. I, I think it was a really great time for my life to slow down. I didn't feel pulled in all these different directions. Didn't feel like I had to go out with all my friends, all this stuff. And it was it was a really great time that specifically was. But besides that, 2020 was a major growth year for me in the sense it feels like it kind of chewed me up and spit me out and kind of gave me a newfound perception of life, mostly in the sense because I grew depressed for several months back in 2020. And if you know me personally, I'm a pretty outgoing, upbeat, happy person naturally. So when I was going through that really hard time, it kind of felt it felt so magnified because I don't really view life that way. And I learned a lot of things about myself. I would honestly say 2020 taught me more things about myself than anything else. And so I got out of a relationship that was extremely unhealthy for me. And that actually kind of set a ripple of things in motion that I'm actually starting to reap the benefits for now in my life. Um, I, because I was so sad last year, I got to a point where I was sick of being sad. I was sick and tired of being sad. And then I turned to manifestation because I didn't like my life. And within turning to manifestation, I ended up turning to gratitude. I ended up learning a lot about my childhood traumas and just a lot of the things that kind of made me who I am and why I walk through life the way I do. So I kind of was peeling back a bunch of layers like an onion to who I am. And it all started because of a really, really hard time that I went through. It felt like I was kind of like in the depths of not to sound dramatic, but darkness. And that time in my life was so influential in why I live my life the way I do now. Terrible times make you a better person. And that's what 2020 did for me is it made me a way better person. I actually came out with a whole new sense of self-love. And after feeling this sense of self-love, I I want it for everybody. And by doing that, you have to break out a lot of break down a lot of barriers that you have within yourself. And so um, 2020 broke a lot of those things for me because it broke me as a person. And kind of when you get broken as a person, it allows you to start from a new foundation and you can create whatever you want. And that's kind of what I'm in the midst of doing right now. I'm creating a new path for my life. I want to be a different person. And and I decided that in 2020 and now I'm living through it and it's been awesome. So 2020 has been a really great year for me in that sense. 
All right. This next question I love so much. <clears throat> Someone asked me, this is super vulnerable, but would love to hear your experience with self-love and body image within modeling. <sighs> okay. So I actually want to do a full on episode with this. And I think this episode's going to be really good, but I can give a short little synopsis on my experiencing my experience within the modeling industry. This is a really dense question because I've gone through a lot of stuff with modeling that a lot of people don't know about. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's been hard. It's been hard as fuck. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'm going to be super honest. The perception that a lot of people have in my modeling from knowing me is the companies that I've worked with, the sets I've been on, the cool stuff I've been able to wear, which is all awesome. It's amazing. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely one of my passions for a reason. It's facilitated a lot of really cool relationships and opportunities and experiences for me that I will never trade. However, nobody sees how hard it is. There is a very dark side to modeling that truly hurts you as a person mentally, physically, and emotionally if you let the industry take too much control of you. And I did go through a period of that and I lost myself. What I think a lot of people don't understand for me is just the mere fact of how I view failure. Within modeling, I have gone to four or five modeling agencies in LA and Dallas and all these different places. And I've gotten told no at every single one. For people who fail, their version of failure is whether it's something for you mentally, a business venture, all these kinds of things. But when you fail, you can change those things. Failure for me in modeling is through my physical self, is through my body. So the times that I've felt like I've failed in modeling, it has been times where I cannot change the way my body looks. My body is defined by numbers, the weight that I'm at, the size of my bust, hips, waist, the height. I've been defined by numbers within the modeling industry. And failure to me is does not feel as dense anymore because the failure that I experienced within modeling had everything to do with what I couldn't change about myself. And when you walk a road like that, and that's what you see as failure, I can tell you getting back up if you fail something mentally is a lot easier for most people, I would say. And it's taught me a lot. It's given me a lot of confidence. And when I have an epi- when I when Cindy and I go into the episode within modeling, I'm excited to talk about it because it's a very complex thing. And I am also at a, like a war inside myself a lot of the times because I am a person who loves the deeper meaning, like where does this come from, all that kind of stuff in life. But I fell in love with an industry that only cares about the surface. So for me. I am constantly at a war internally with the values of how of what I have as a person versus of what I do when I'm working. And so that is is a topic that we will get into later, but that's just a quick synopsis on what I can do for that as of right now. Okay, moving on to the next question. Somebody asked me, if you could tell little Megan one thing, what would you tell her? Okay. Well, this is actually something that little Megan was told by my mom. So growing up, my mom had always told me that it does not matter how pretty your face is. If your heart is ugly, you as a person are ugly. I mean, she engraved that into my head religiously. And it got to the point 
where if I did anything bad, I thought I was literally such an ugly person. I reshared this post on my Instagram and it had, it was a quote, a little illustration. And it said, I stopped looking at faces and I started seeing beautiful people. And that was so profound to me because I had just started doing that in my life. Anytime I would interact with someone, I would leave that interaction and I would have to remind myself and I would say, that person isn't their physical self. And what I mean by that is you didn't choose the body that you're in. I didn't choose the body that I'm in. Nobody chose the body that they're in. But we're walking around in this life judging everyone like they're the ones that crafted their own damn body. Make That makes you think for a second. So then I started leaving interactions with people thinking you are everything that you don't look like. You didn't choose this. And I'm not going to choose a perception based off of what you didn't choose. And you have to remind yourself of that. And that is how the evolution of my mom telling me, if your heart is not beautiful, then you are not a beautiful person. We give too much credit to physicality. And I wouldn't change what my mom told younger me because it's influenced the way I view life today. And I hope that you hearing that it influences the way you see people moving forward. And somebody asked me what's something that scares you. I like this question because truthfully, I'm not really scared by a lot of like physical things in this life. I'm not scared of like snakes or spiders or bugs or any of that stupid shit. I am scared of feelings in this life. And I know that's like a really weird answer to be said, but I'm scared of, I'm truly scared of living an average life. And what I mean by that is not what looks what it looks like on Instagram, not what it looks like to other people in average life to me. I'm scared to settle. I never want to settle in love. I never want to settle in relationships. I never want to settle in work. I never want to settle in what's good for me. That is what I'm scared of because that is dangerous territory. When you get complacent in life, you miss out on your purpose. And I think you miss out on connections and you miss out on experiences when you get complacent because you're so comfortable. And that is what I'm scared of. I'm scared of getting comfortable. Life is amazing. There's so many cool things that you can do. And so it's like, I don't want to live a life half-lived when I'm put on this amazing earth and there's so many amazing things that you can do with it and there's so many amazing connections that you can make with it that if I stayed in one town working one job for 40 years of my life, man, I've missed out. And that is precisely what I'm most scared of. Hey, okay, mid-cut, mid-episode. <laughs> I'm editing right now and I had a sentimental answer to this question and then I also had a kind of straightforward answer to this question and I think both of them are valuable so I'm gonna put both of them in all right bye <laughs> all right so somebody else asked me how to deal with insecurities I'll tell you this right now I'm still dealing with my insecurities I don't think there's anybody on this earth who doesn't have insecurities I think that's something that comes with the human experience um is you're gonna have you're going to have things that you don't like about yourself and it's kind of just a matter of accepting them. Um, but what was a really big moment for me and if, if we're speaking in the terms of insecurity is on a physical aspect, I think of my body and you have to remind yourself that there's only one thing in this life that follows you everywhere you go. There's only one thing in this life that takes you where you got to go. 
You're not going to lose it. It's with you and it's your body. And we forget this. We forget that our body is the only thing that we're not going to lose in this life. Truthfully, the only thing. And we spend so much of our time hating on it and wanting to change it and wanting it to be different and want it to look a different way. And a moment that was really profound for me was whenever I went on a camping trip to Colorado, I was with um, one of my, one of my really amazing friends, Savannah, and we had just got done hiking up this huge ass mountain. I think it was like, it was so tall. It was a really hard hike. I mean, I was like almost in tears by the time we got up to the top because it was so painful. And we were at the top and Savannah looked at me and she said, Megan, I want you to think about this really quick. Look down and look how beautiful it is and look how high we are in the air. So I looked down and it was just beautiful. There was ice and snow on the top of the mountains and it was a fresh stream in Colorado. I literally drank the water. It was beautiful. And she said, most of the time we look at our bodies and we want our legs to be smaller. We want our arms to be smaller. We want this to change and this to change. But look down and look how far your body just brought you. Your body brings you so far, so far. It carries you and it's got you when you're crying. It's got you when you're upset and sad and it's got you when you're freaking happy. It's got you. It takes care of you. It does so many things that you don't even know it does when you're, when you're awake. Why have we learned to stop appreciating what our bodies do for us? We've, we, we focus so much on what it looks like. We don't, we don't even know what it does. Like, but with that being said, something that will change your mindset on a lot of things is when you finally accept the fact that someone will always be better than you. Someone will always be smarter than you. Someone will always be prettier than you. Someone will always be better at something than you. And you have to accept that. And that is okay. When you try to be somebody else, you become a second rate them. But when you own who you are, you become a first-rate you. And that is what I have to say. Own the hell out of who you are. Seriously. Because nobody else is going to do it for you. Be your own champion. Do it for yourself. That's my answer to that question. Worst and weirdest hotel experience? I was at a hostel in Hawaii. And I got yelled at in front of like 30 people for smoking weed in the lobby. <laughs> and I got really scared that I was going to get kicked out of the hostel. <laughs> and so I <laughs> had to pull the guy to the side. And I was like, listen, man, like, I'm so sorry for being loud and causing a ruckus. Like, I swear I'm a peaceful, peace person. <laughs> And he was like the epitome of like a surfer guy. And he literally just chewed my ass in front of everybody. And I was like, damn, if a really chill person is getting mad at me, then I really fucked up. Anyways, that was my worst hotel experience. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So, Emily, who's my best friend, she's sitting on here with me because I just wanted to have another human being to talk to and not seem like I was talking to myself. But she just asked me what was the worst sex experience that I ever had. Um, I'm not going to say anything besides um, if you're treating a girl's flower like a DJ turntable, I'm sorry, but you need to GTFO and go take a lesson. That's what I have to say. (laughs) 
Okay, so somebody asked me if I had any really fun experiences when I was in Vegas, um, and I did. I got on, somehow finagled my way to the Chainsmokers booth. <laughs> so so we had a promoter, and he pulled me and my friend Emery to the side, and he was like, hey, you guys are both super fun. Listen, I've got these two passes in the back um, for Chainsmokers backstage. If you guys want it, I can get you back there. I said, say less, dude, say less. So I'm like, give me that wristband. He gives me that wristband. We walk down there. Okay. And so then it's like all these people are looking at us because like we're getting into this red carpet thingy that like everybody's trying to get into. And so we get in and he said, all right, I can, I'm going to buy you guys, your guys' drinks. You guys are in the VI. You guys are in the backstage section. But if you want to get to the VIP section and he points up to behind the booth and there's like these like chairs and stuff enough for probably like 30, 40 girls to be standing and just partying. And he was like, if you want to get up there, that's your job. And me and Emery looked at each other. We were like, once again, say less. And so we go up. And so I strategically place me and Emery at the like right where the stairs go like right where you can enter into that booth because I'm just like I just need that one person to see us spark a conversation make a good impression and boom baby I'm in so what I was doing was I was wearing my sunglasses like on the bottom of my nose kind of how grandmas do when they're reading so my eyes because that at that time I was really tan. And when I'm really tan, my eyes do pop out more. And so I had my eyes out and this guy came up to us and he was like, hey, 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 your eyes are so beautiful. And I was like, hey, thanks, dude. I'm like, thank you. Like start sparking a conversation. I'm like, this man just came out of the VIP section. This is my moment. Like I got to figure out who this person is. So then we're standing there. Me and Emery are just waiting. And he's like, you guys should come up here. And I was like, yeah, dude, like that's a great idea. Like I was like, it's just me and her. You know, I was like, it was great because I didn't have like a whole group of six girls with me. It was just me and Emery. And so he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to be right back. It might take me 20 minutes, but I'm going to go get you a wristband. And I was like, cool, cool. He comes back and then he lets us in. And then I end up finding out that he was the chain smokers creative director who takes all of their pictures and videos and all this stuff. And I became pretty good friends with him. And we FaceTimed my mom and he really wanted to meet my mom. It was so weird. But um, so then we become friends with him and he's like, hey, like there's a big ass party after this. You should come, you know that was tempting. That was really tempting, but I wanted to make it home that night. So I decided not to go. <laughs> that was probably, I probably should have gone, but like, I kind of honestly regret that. I really wish I would have, because I feel like I could have done some killer networking, but it's fine. And so after that, the chain smokers, they ended up walking to the back and I just see this herd of girls just following them and running towards them. And I was like, okay, this is my cue to go. And so I went back. That was probably my most fun experience in um, in Vegas. <laughs> All right, guys, that is it for today. Thanks so much for listening to me talk. Um, <laughs> it was probably really scattered and random, which is very a very good reflection of who I am as a person. So that works out great. Um, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Hope you kill that shit. And no matter how far you are, you're welcome here.
Thanks, guys. Bye.